Hi, I'm Mandy. And I'm Ben. And this is Behind the Visa Window with ex-visa officers. Where we give the insider's perspective on the U.S. visa interview process. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast, Behind the Visa Window with ex-visa officers. Hi to you, Ben. Uh, You know, we are your co-hosts. We are both former U.S. visa officers uh, who have worked at different U.S. embassies and consulates around the world. And we meet with you every couple of weeks to talk about important visa issues. So today's going to be a really interesting topic. What are we talking about, Ben? We're talking about K visas, the fiancé visa. Uh, a lot of people out there, you know, there's confusion. Is this an immigrant visa? Is this a non-immigrant visa? Can I just go to get married in the U.S. and then move back abroad? What can I do with this visa? What would make it get approved? What might make it get refused? Yeah, Ben, I have known very few visas like the K visa that has just caused people so much distress, so much anxiety, because there is just so much writing on this one visa interview. You know, obviously they have to go through the petition process, which goes through USCIS. So, uh, you know, a K visa, and actually as a consular officer, I just remember we used to talk about K visas being kind of a quasi visa category. You know, it's sort of a, a temporary visa in one sense, but it's also you know, more of an immigrant visa where you're planning long-term to move to the United States and be there permanently with your spouse once you get married. Yeah, exactly. In fact, you do your your K visa interview in the immigrant visa section because really like the the standard of the visa is the the same as a, a spousal visa. They're confirming that the relationship between the petitioner and the beneficiary is real. So it's going to be the same type of interview that you're going to get when a, when a, a U.S. citizen or a green card holder in the U.S. petitions for their spouse to get a visa and they have their visa inter- interview ab- abroad. Um, but then we actually processed the, uh, the visa, printed it in the non-immigrant section and stuck it in their visa. So it is, it's kind of, you know, it straddles those, those two worlds. But in essence the criteria should be the same. It should be, is this a bona fide relationship? Does the petitioner have the right to petition? Are they an American citizen? And is their relationship to the beneficiary real? Now, obviously all the other ineligibilities apply, such as crimes involving moral turpitude, previous overstays, um, material misrepresentation. We're gonna put that aside for today's talk because that's, you know, that's going to apply for any visa. You can get denied for that. But we're just talking about having that bona fide relationship. Now, because it is an immigrant visa, 214B doesn't apply. But that doesn't mean that it's a surefire visa, does it? It really doesn't, Ben. And I think most people are so surprised when I tell them that just because you legitimately have a bona fide relationship, it definitely does not mean that you're automatically guaranteed to get your visa approved or that the consular officer interviewing the beneficiary will see that it's a legitimate relationship because there are many types of relationships in the world. And it really will just, it'll depend on the consular officer's perception in his or her experience. It's really a little bit subjective actually, perhaps even cast with an American tint on what is an appropriate relationship on whether or not that visa will get approved. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then- Sorry, I, I was going to say, you have more immigrant visa experience than I do. And, and you did a lot of K visa interviews, didn't you, when you were in Guangzhou? I did a lot of cases. I did a lot of immigrant visa interviews in Guangzhou. I was in the immigrant visa section there for 10 months. And so did a, a couple thousand of these. And 
even though the standard of it being a, a bona fide relationship is the same, when it's a K, in my experience, the officers are a little bit more lax and a little bit more critical. And maybe it's because the couple isn't married yet. They haven't yes. taken that step, that legal step to actually you know, have that binding contract. Maybe they haven't been together as, as long as some married couples have. You know, they've met for six months, a year, maybe even, maybe even three months. Um, and so people, they apply a stricter standard to it. And how that, what that translates to is that they can't, they can't refuse you 214B, but they can recommend that your petition be revoked. That doesn't mean that, that they have to apply a really high level of standard for evidence that they need to provide when they do this. In theory, they should be accepting that approved petition as prima facie evidence. Am I saying that right? You're the lawyer, Mandy. I say prima, prima facie, facie, but I think people prima say facie. different ways. <laughs> yeah. So it's fancy Latin for like for for that's the that's the the only evidence that you need that you are qualified for this visa type, right? And then so the visa officers is the opposite of non-immigrant visas, where they assume that you're you're guilty until you can prove yourself innocent. When it's a K visa or an immigrant visa, your approved petition is the evidence that you qualify, and then the visa officer has to prove that you don't qualify for it. So you're basically qualified until the visa officer can prove you unqualified. But here's the catch. Visa officers can submit frivolous revocation memos, right? If they don't have a manager that's really over their shoulder making sure that these memos meet the criteria set out in the FAM, they can write the memo and say that they don't think that this is a bona fide relationship without pre presenting any material evidence and they can send it back to USCIS and now you're in limbo. You're in limbo for at least a year. USCIS might review that, that petition and the evidence that they submitted and say, this evidence does not, does not dis disqualify this petition. And so it's reaffirmed and they send it back out to post, but you're, you, you're losing years of your life in that process. So it's best to you know put your best foot forward. Don't leave it to chance. Be prepared for that first visa interview. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that the, the stakes for a K-1 visa is much, much higher than for your average non-immigrant visa, where if you get denied, you can go back in and reapply the following week or whenever you get your next visa appointment. But for K-1s, you really would need a brand new petition, either another K-1 or perhaps you decide to get married somewhere outside of the country and just do the petition process over again. But in either respect, it's going to take you know, probably another year before you have another shot at it. So it is very high stakes. It is so important to be prepared. And you should never, never assume that your relationship is obvious or that you know, just by answering questions without you know, bringing anything with you that the consular officer will be able to tell that it's a legitimate bona fide relationship. This is one interview where paperwork does matter. What you bring in does matter. You can't assume that the consular officer knows how much you talk to your girlfriend or boyfriend or, you know, fiance, basically. Um, it, it is so important to make sure everything is easy to, to look through for the consular officer. Um, do you have any specific tips for that, then? Well, like you said, there's only one person in that visa interview. Only the, the beneficiary is there. Their, their fiance is not going to be there. So it's only one side of the relationship that has the opportunity to actually present their case, right? So what I've told a lot of, of clients is, you know, 
they make them the same mistake as when they go into a non-immigrant visa interview and they're asked a question and they give a one word answer, right? You need to bring your relationship to life in the mind of that visa officer. And one word answers or single phrase answers, oh, when did you meet? October, 2017. That's not gonna cut it. You have to bring that relationship to life so that once they know, oh, you guys are definitely in a relationship, then it's just checking the boxes of, okay, the medical report, the police report, all that stuff, it's in order and they're going to issue. But if you don't give them that personal, that personal feeling in your answers, they're going to keep on pushing. They're going to say, okay, well, let me see chat records. Let me see pictures. You know, you know then they, they, they might even do something like, you know, asking specifics of your fiance's family. What's your, what's your fiance's mother's maiden name and things like this to see if you actually know them. They might even put you through a simultaneous interview where they ask you a list of questions and then they're going to ask your fiance on the phone right after that, the same list of questions. And they're going to compare the answers and see if your answers actually match up. You don't want to get to that point. So you want to be prepared when they ask you, okay, tell me how you met. You don't just say we met online or a friend introduced us. Tell the story, you know, bring it to life. Treat it like you're talking to an old friend, an old friend from high school that you haven't seen in years. And you're just going to tell them about your life and how you met your, your new fiance, right? You're going to tell them the details. You're going to tell them like, you know, how fortuitous it was or how coincidental it was, or, you know, and, and, how, and how quickly you fell in love with them or how you didn't know at first and they really had to prove themselves to you. You're going to talk about those details. And those are the details that are going to convince the consular officer that you've got a real relationship. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And that's such a good piece of insight because those, those stories don't come to life unless you share the details and have you know a timeline of what happened and make it easy for the consular officer to get to know you. And I know sometimes that seems really unnatural to people because you are through this window, you know, you're trying to share a very, it could be, you know, an intimate part of your life, you know, all the details of that, but it is absolutely important for the consular officer to be able to see that relationship in their eyes. Because I think a lot of times what consular officers do is they first reach a decision and then they just try to find evidence to support it, whether it's a yes Absolutely. or no. Yeah. And, you know, and I think this can be such a devastating visa category if the consular interview doesn't go right, because, you know, it could be months or years separated from one's, you know, fiance. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's one that just has such a big impact. So, if you have any doubts, if this is you and you're applying for your K uh, visa interview soon, you know, send us a note at hello at argovisa.com. Tell us about your situation and we can share with you how we can help. We have a team of experts who have a lot of experience with K visa interviews, having, you know, made so many decisions on these visa interviews like Ben himself or me when I worked at the U.S. consulate in Hong Kong and, and other uh, members of our team who are also ex-visa officers. We'd love to hear from you. We'd like to see how we can help you be successful so that you wouldn't be like some of these clients we've had where they've been separated because of this terrible situation where they weren't prepared for the visa interview. You make a really good point, Mandy. And that makes me, I want to give one very concrete tip to people because if you go in and you get refused your K visa, it's very unlikely you're ever going to get a non-immigrant visa issued 
at least in the near term or medium term after that, because you applied for an immigrant visa, you showed immigrant intent by applying for an immigrant visa. So then you, you know, the one, the real sticklers for the law, for the regulations are going to say you demonstrated immigrant intent and therefore I cannot issue you a tourist visa or a student visa because you must not have immigrant intent in order to get that visa. So, and I've saw this a lot of times because we had such high volume in Guangzhou. I saw this dozens of times. People came to apply for either the uh, a non-immigrant visa or a K visa, but they, they chose the wrong one first. The purpose of a K visa is not just to go get married in the US. The purpose of a K visa is to go to the US and get married and reside in the US. That's very important because if you go to your immigrant visa interview and you say the purpose of of our of us getting of us getting this visa is to go get married in the US but then we're going to return abroad we're going to return to China we're going to return to Colombia and we're going to live there permanently the immigrant visa officers will refuse the visa they'll say that's an inappropriate use of a K visa the K visa is to permanently reside in the US not just a trip and in fact in the, the manual, the foreign affairs manual, getting married in the US is a perfectly legal and allowable use of a B1, B2 visa. If, you're, if your goal is to just go to the US, US, get married, have a ceremony, meet the family, but then you plan to go abroad again, you do that on a B visa. Now, what happens is that some people go in for their B visa interview and they say, I wanna go get married to my fiance. And the, the visa officer who's trying to go very quickly says, nope, you need a K visa and they refuse you. And so what do you do? You apply for the K, but you go for the K visa interview and you tell them that you're going to go to the U.S., get married and then return abroad. And the visa officer refuses you again and says, no, you need a B visa. So if you're in this situation, if you've applied for a B visa to go get married and then return abroad and they refused you, don't apply for a K. You need to go back in to another non-immigrant visa interview, but prepared, prepared from the very beginning to show them why, and in fact, if you're listening and you haven't applied yet, and you're thinking about applying for a B visa to go get married, talk to us first. That's a, it's a very tenuous line that you're gonna have to tread in order to make sure you don't get refused. You'll even probably need to print out the section of the re regulations that shows that officer that that's an allowable activity on your B visa. Sometimes you have to hold the officer's hands, you know, and walk them through the process in order to get your visa. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, I'm just listening to that tip, Ben, and I think it's such a good one because I think sometimes our clients go through this process not really understanding the full context. And just imagine that person that you're talking about then goes in for their K visa, gets refused, and now they're not really eligible for any non-immigrant visa. It's horrifying. Exactly. Exactly. You don't want to get stuck in one of those positions. You, you Obviously, I understand why people think that they want to go through this process on their own or for cheaper. It seems intuitive, but you're listening to the experts right now. There's so much going on behind the scenes. There's so much going on that's at a deeper level that you've, you've not experienced, that you haven't been able to, to, to experience yet as just an applicant. It really helps to talk with the experts first, give you the peace of mind, and avoid having something that's like life-changing happen to you when you go into an interview, getting refused, not being able to be with your spouse, with your fiance. Yeah, absolutely. Having all of your plans basically 
you know, uh, just ruin because you didn't even know that you had to prepare so much for the visa interview. And we are here to help. We're the experts. We're all ex-visa officers. And please, you know, visit us at argovisa.com. Send us an email at hello at argovisa.com. Tell us about your situation and we can tell you how we can help. And I'm so glad that we did this episode today, Ben. I hope that it helps a lot of people. And, you know, Mm -hmm. until next time, uh, if you guys have any questions that you like us to answer on air, again, email us at hello at argovisa.com. And we look forward to sharing more insights with you in the future. Looking forward to next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.